re 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 ready check monday wednesday friday yeah you know it's a go okay i see they going off but we going to rewrite it though that's right monday wednesday friday yeah you know it's a go okay i see they going off but we going to rewrite it though that's right monday wednesday friday yeah you know it's a go okay i see they going off but we going to rewrite it though i said monday wednesday friday yeah you know it's a go okay i see they going off but we going to rewrite it though Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Rewriters Room. We are the men with the pen. We are back. It is great to be back. We hope y'all enjoyed our first episode of season four, rewriting Cody Rhodes's first year back in the WWE, um, the trivia, everything that we had for you. And we are back once again. It's the boy Armand, the John Cena of journalism, the Paul Heyman of podcasting, the Roman Reigns of rhetoric, and the Brock Lesnar of broadcasting. I'm not here alone. I know I'm here with my two guys, the Shield of rnc a show rnc fellas how y'all feeling what's good what's good it's cc the best rapper and producer in the whole wide world got body because i consume healthy products and do towel curls benevolent served to the uh, to the earth and philanthropist remix that and every phrase that i say is a gym like amethyst you could put any nigga next to me put a bow tie on take a bow tie off grand opening grand closing if you know what i mean uh whose man's is this no longer fox news uh i may talk a lot but only got one thing to say love yourself and keep going you are the world give all you can take care of your body your people and your land where my nigga chan i readily admit when i'm wrong um i was wrong about wesley i wasn't a believer i wasn't a believer especially once he stepped into these mid-card streets out of the tag team division i'm like i don't know but I've seen that cardiac kick enough times where he's got it. I see it now. I'm, I'm okay. You know, I I, I I understand you being protective of your of, of mid car mafia. Like you guys have been through a lot of ups and downs. You're yeah. at you're at a high right now, so I understand not being willing to let someone in. You know, so, so soon. But it's good that you see like, oh, the, the, this nigga is actually like he he he, he should be like he he, he, he be like a premium member, like a gold. Yeah. Card carrying member of mid card mafia. What should Shaq say? I, I apologize. I wasn't familiar with your name. <laughs> that's, that's straight like that. That's all I got. That's it. That's it. But you know, you you're aware now, and that's that's what's that's what's important. What else is important is you all tapping in with the A Show RNC network. You can check out the A Show, which comes out on Patreon on Tuesdays and public on Wednesdays. You can check out the War Report, which comes out Patreon on Thursdays, public on Fridays, Retro Diaries. Milos has rebranded his monthly special. Uh, He just had Rob and Nelson on to talk about uh, New Year's Revolution 2005, which took place in Puerto Rico with Backlash coming up. More on Backlash later. Um, But make sure you tap into everything that we got, patreon.com backslash the A-Show RNC and we have various tiers for you. You can get into our Discord. You can get access to merch. You can be a guest on one of the episodes. You can do so many different things with the various tiers that we offer. So we're going to jump into our pre-write for this episode. Channing, what you got for us, man? It's a bit mental, NA. Um, I think I have, as, as a late convert to NXT UK, you know, as someone who just simply did not have the time on a Saturday afternoon to watch it or whatever it came on. Um, I really think it's time that we get some of these boys on the main roster. I think the draft is coming up. By the time you're hearing this, it might be actually actively happening. Um, but I think people like Tyler Bay, Ilya, even someone like Pete Dune, a.k.a. Booch, like, I think that the draft is a perfect time to split up the Brutes put him on raw, make him Pete Dunn again. Like I think the UK guys can really add something. And specifically I'm looking at the U S title picture. I feel like we've gotten a bit stale with Mr. Theory and his large, like muscly opponents. I think someone a bit quicker, who's like not a Ray Mysterio, but someone who's more of a brawler. I think it's not something we've really seen theory do yet. Like we haven't really seen theory have to be tough. We've seen him have to be strong and be a good wrestler, but I think we've never seen him be tough. And I feel like, all three of those guys could really bring that out. So I, I would really like to see that. I think they're both, I mean, they've been wrestling for long enough in WWE where I, I can't imagine it's like a they're worried about the work. I think it's just more so about timing, story. And I feel like the U.S. title right now 
especially for someone I think like Pete Dunn or Tyler Bate, who I think can really be stars, especially Tyler Bate. Like I think Tyler Bate, that's a handsome man. And I think if you get him on some talk shows with that accent and his little like hippie white linen, like search he likes to wear, I think you could really get something mainstream. Um, so I'm just looking forward to the draft, looking forward to some of these like, you know, overseas guys coming back and, you know, really mixing up. Cause I do think while we have a good product, I think we are getting to a point where we've seen a lot of these matches. And so I think it's time now that we're having this influx and the roster is kind of more robust. It's time to take advantage of it. That's a good point. You know, I, I was thinking too, like when you made the comment about Tyler Bate, because if you think, if you look at, um, you know, what Nick and the company are trying to do with um, the WWE now, it's like, you know, they, they already know they, they got their niche audience on lock. But, right. you know, you can clearly see they're saying like, you know, it's kind of like when when Tyler did Flower Boy, they're like, listen, I'm not trying to be niche anymore. Like, I want everyone, <laughs> you know. So, um, yeah, when you when you mention people like that, it's like, dude, you know, you can get somebody like Tyler Bate, you know, who's another face that you can just put on another show somewhere that's, you know, non WWE and kind of make that connection again. I think that's a good idea on top of the fact that um, when you look at content that people consume a lot of people are going like cross country, you know, these, they're going across countries for their content. There's a lot of kids who are into, you know, uh, a lot of Japanese based uh, animation. Yep. There's a lot of kids who are into Korean based music. There's a lot of people who are into like European like films and whatnot. And even as you're seeing now, like TV shows, whether it's just the host that, that, you know, is maybe from the UK or something like that. Um, so yeah, like you got, and then, you know, when you think about the fact that they're trying to do NXT worldwide, Yep. Who do you want to be your ambassadors? People that already kind of sound exactly. like the people that you're going after. Yeah, that's a that's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, it's all right there for me. I think especially given like the way I mean Pete Dunn wrestles in a really cool way too. Like I think the the finger stuff is all is like super cool, really plays like a singles wrestler. But Tyler Bray, I think a lot of his like feats of strength that he does, especially such a small guy, I think it really is like will really pop on TV. Like seeing him, like kind of like the Chad Gable thing, but a little bit more like less like nerdy and more just like I'm a British like proper gentleman type thing I think could really play and like you get him on like a I don't know uh American Ninja Warrior he gets to make a funny couple funny quips about like oh look at this chat and it, I just, that's all you need bro <laughs> he's all over TikTok it's it's just, it's easy uh, I, I fucking love Tyler Bate he's one of my favorites to use in 2k so I I, I support all, <laughs> all Tyler Bate pushes <laughs> CC what you got for us my guy all right. Uh, so, you know, I don't know if you is, is my mic on. Um, my my thing is, you know, I've as we've done this show, we talked about a lot of things that we would like to see. And I feel like we, um, you know, we kind of in a way like predicted some things. So like um, like Chan and I like, you know, talking a lot about the mid card and, you know, bringing that back up to a level um, to balance out some things that are going on with the main event. And we've seen that happen to a you know a crazy degree we've talked about the tag team you know coming up we've talked about even you know factions being like a thing again and all that is like kind of like came to fruition so i'm going to put another thing out in the ether and this has to do with just how crazy my rewrite is in addition to that but um i remember you know watching um you know when i was younger and seeing people like you know michael cole coach um you know uh, even like, you know, Jr. and Jerry, you know, to the degree, you know, when you're, you know, even there was a point when Earl Hebner kind of like, you know, did this, but you got, you know, like your Teddy Longs and whatnot. Um, there was a point where, you know, and they did this recently with like Sonya or whatever, but um, some of the people more so in the background, and I'm talking specifically about those commentators slash like, you know, WWE reporter people. So think like Kayla, Kathy or whatever, maybe put KP back in that role or whatever, but um I would very much like to see those people who are on the mic, you know, just doing the interviews or whatever, become a little bit more ingrained in, you know, storylines, not that they're driving the storylines or that they're super crucial to them or whatever. But if you go back and you watch some of the product from years ago, um, one of the things that made the backstage segments so uh, hilarious was just like the personality coming from the interviewer themselves, you know, working with the interviewee. We saw it for a while when Paul and Kayla kept doing that thing where like she would just come up and surprise Paul. And he would just be like, ah, or whatever. You know, those little moments right there, you know, those help. And, and when you consider the fact that those people have the jobs that they have because they're so good at talking on the mic. And we just talked about, you know, with Channing's, uh, Channing's note 
how the WWE is trying to get people, you know, into different places. They're trying to permeate, you know, you get those people a little bit more built up. I know they already have a, a crazy job to do, but they can go off and, you know, you need people to host stuff and whatever. Yes, it would be great for a wrestler to host it, but these people are already great on the mic. Just have them go and host some random ass, uh, you know, family game show or whatever that, you know, plays at your grandma's house when you go to watch them or whatever. Like, you know, it's just little stuff like that. Um, So that's my thing. I'm just like, listen, we got some good people here. They do good interviews. It's like really great. But I'm like, let's let's see if we can just like do a little bit of something with that. Like I would just want to, I just wonder what that would look like nowadays, especially nowadays without mm. the the crazy sexist racist shit that, that used to happen. But yeah. It's insane sometimes when you like watch it or I guess more so listen to it now. It's like, I was like 10 listening to this dude. Like, <laughs> Like I was a kid. He was just like he just monologued about Tory Wilson's breasts for like a minute and a half, bro. Like God, like it's hard to listen to. So I'm just like, this is bad. Like this is not acceptable, dude. Bro, you just watching The Rock stare Lillian Garcia in the face as he's just making sex references, saying like, like it's, you're just like, hold on a second. <laughs> they put this on TV, TV every week yeah. for real. I was like, yeah, dude. It's, it's crazy too because like this is the type of shit that we ate up like i think about when i was young as hell watching chappelle show or watching south park or watching family guy like those explicit jokes like when you're young you would laugh at that shit and then you look back yeah. you're like wait this nigga was saying this shit like this is horrible as an adult I'm like <laughs> if my parents knew that jr was saying this and jerry was saying right. this like that, that I would get in trouble for doing the moves, but I think the things that I was hearing was worse than me trying to do the wrestling moves. Yeah. But that, like, that's the era we grew up in. All the reality shows, all that, like, like TV was just so insane at that time. And you look back, first and you're gen. like, wow, like this, this shit is really fucking crazy. Um. So that yeah. first gen cable was wild, dude. Like kids don't know, bro. They just put anything on TV, dog. <laughs> like, right. They just put anything. Anything, anything. Um, I hate to be. Actually, I don't hate it. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be an asshole. I, I had a revelation this past weekend, um, and I, I think that I'm speaking from a place of, of jadedness. So, as, as you know, the listeners and as you guys are well aware, I'm a Drew McIntyre fan, Stan. Um, so swords up, hive, all, all that shit. You know, like my my. The, the sword cross emoji is one of my most used emojis. And over the last shit, two years now, you know, we have been really waiting to reach the mountaintop again, you know, get a, a world title. You know, I had to sit through the build to clash at, at the castle. Um, and what know, a build thinking, it was, man, man. Like if there was any time that we believe this rain was going to end, like if, if we had to rank it, it would be Cody. It, it, it will be that Drew match. And I think John Cena at SummerSlam 2021. Like, yeah, those were the times Cena, where we believe, like, even though his matches with Brock, we was like, oh, he's, he's, he's going he's gonna to steamroll Brock. Like, which is crazy to think about in, in hindsight. But, you know, I've, I've come to accept that it is not in the cards for Drew. It may not be in the cards for some time. But there, there's another hive of fans and I, I hate to direct this towards them because I, too, am a fan of this wrestler. But there's another hive of fans who, for about a year now, has been trying to insert someone into things that, while it would be cool to see him there, it hasn't been his time. Again, I, I love this guy, so I, I hate to say this, but I don't hate to say it that much because niggas been giving me hell for my Drew fandom. You Seth Rollins fans trying to insert him into everything. Wow. You Seth Rollins fans trying to insert this nigga into every single thing. Yo, Not the visionary. My, my, my rewrite last week was, was Seth Cody Roman because I, I was rewriting it. We were doing something that wasn't reality. But when you really thought about what the situation needed to be, we ain't need Seth in that in that Roman Cody match. And ever since Royal Rumble 2022, these niggas been saying, yo, they got to run it back. They got to do it again. They got to do it again. Seth got to be world champion. If, if they make a new belt, just give it to Seth. All this. And you know, like, true, fair. However, 
if you look at what we've gotten over the last year since Royal Rumble 2022, when the match ended in disqualification, got a lot of good shit. The Roman Brock match at Mania, maybe not their best, but cool story. Roman Drew, Roman Logan Paul, like there's been so many cool things that have happened. And again, I think we are ignoring but they have kept Roman and Seth apart for a reason. When, when, when you do go back to that well, you, you want to make it like the biggest thing ever. Seth has been talking for years about, I want a main event of WrestleMania. He he went, what, like four, three, four years without holding a, a, a singles title? Because um, yeah. he, he, he won the U.S. back for in October US, yeah. 22. Prior to that, he hadn't held a singles title since um, I Universal in, in, in 2019. So, you know, like Seth has a, has a great story, you know, coming in, getting uh, Cody steamrolling him, all that. Like Seth has a great story. Roman, of course, has a great story as well. The history between them. That's why when they did the match at Royal Rumble, even when they microwaved it, it was still something we were excited for. But they they keep them apart for a reason. And so I think much like his his moniker, niggas got to see the vision. Niggas got to be visionaries <laughs> with this Roman Seth stuff because y'all keep wanting to put him every every which and i get it i I get it i was doing it with drew i get it it was like, all right it's drew's time it's drew's time let's go let's let's put drew in no it's it's not that time it's time to do other stuff it's time to build up other people seth to, to me has reached the point where he's the attraction like mm-hmm. like no matter what he does no matter who he faces he's one of the best parts of every show he's on weekly like regardless of who his opponent is what the story is i'm gonna watch because it's seth he works his ass off. He's fantastic. But I think it's another case of us having our, our faves and us wanting our faves to be in, you know, the most prominent position. You know, Sasha Banks fans is like that. You know, we got a, we got a lot of different fandoms who are like that. Stall Mercedes I, out, bro. Stall Mercedes out, man. I, I hate to compare Seth Rollins fans to Sasha Banks fans because it's two different levels. But this has been something I've been thinking about for a while. Like, bro, it was so obvious that Cody was going to come back and win that Royal Rumble. But these Seth Rollins fans is like, hey, yo, I honestly think Seth should win, man. I don't know. No, he should not. This is Cody. It's Cody time. It's Cody. And again, again, for everyone who's going to get it misconstrued, who might clip this, who might screen record and leave shit out. I love Seth. Seth is one of my top five wrestlers of all time. Not, not, not just currently of all time. I absolutely love that nigga, but you got to have some nuance and you got to have the ability to distinguish that. Hey, some other shit got to happen. Seth is going to have his time. Like if, if, if you think H is going to take over and not put that world title on Seth, not put him in a world title position as, at some point again, very soon, you're silly, but Hey man, we, we got some other shit to cook up. Like that's it. That's it. The, the business thrives off of having a lot of different angles that, that, that they can go. You can't just run right back to Roman Seth. I think, the issue with Seth is like, and this is like in terms of like the issue you're having, not the issue I have, is um, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like the Undertaker returns where it's like, it's so cool. Like the idea of him and Roman is just so cool that you won all the time. But it's like, it's like if you had dessert for all the time, it's like if the Undertaker returned every month, it wouldn't hit as hard. Like they have to keep it from me because it makes you thirsty because it's like. The Seth Roman is just so pure. It's like Shakespeare. Like, it's just, like, so good. But, like, if you had it too much, you'd be sick of it. And part of the reason why people want it so bad is because we don't. And because it's just, like, not even the match. The entrance with the shield gear, it was, like, people have such a hard-on for the shield. Like, WWE as a, like, conscience. Like, even people who act like they don't, it's, like, the shield was fucking cool. Every time they do stuff, it's cool. And so it's, like, anytime you can just tap into that, and especially if you have it just be like, like you said, semi authentic, like fifty percent authentic, people are gonna want it. And so it's like if the I think if the titles were on someone else, the Seth people would be there, but they would not be as loud. But part of the reason why they're so loud is because it's like it's not just Seth; it's like Seth and Roman, and people just love that. It's just such a beautiful, like succinct, like it's like two brothers. It's like it's just beautiful, and so it's like. People want to see it, and they're always going to want to see it as long as it's a possibility. It's like having a bag of candy in the room and being like, all right, don't eat it. It's like, as long as it's sitting there, you're going to just look at it and be like, man, I want yeah. that. No, and and I, I think that's a testament to them being patient with it, too. Because think about, like, 2007 to 2013. We were getting John Cena versus Randy Orton damn near every, every single pay-per-view. Single like, in, in theory, that that should be a match that, like, 
And I'm sure at the time there was a subsection of fans that loved it. But like you said, if you have dessert every day, it gets old. Like that's that's two of the best of their class going at it. That should be amazing. But they overdid it because they really had nowhere else to go. Now they've got people they can build up for Roman. They can also keep Roman off the show, make him an attraction, like do other things. So it's really a testament. Like people wanting it so bad is a testament to how good they've done in not rushing to it and rushing back to it every single time. So again, I, I get it. I, I I do get it, but <laughs> I need niggas to be a little patient. That's that's it. That's it. I'm gonna take it to I'm gonna take it to another level. I'm gonna take it to another level. <laughs> Roman Stone Cold said it, whatever. Like, you know, a lot of people have been saying it. Roman's at a crazy level right now. Um and I think we're seeing him, you know, pretty much at his peak. I don't think we've seen Seth Rollins at his peak. So nah. I think that's another reason to keep them separate because I look at Seth Rollins and yeah, like he, he has it down or whatever. When he comes out, you know, he has the backstage stuff down the wrestling. Anytime he talks, whatever, he has it down, but there's another level. There's just like another level that I think, you know, he might have a couple more levels. When you look at Seth Rollins, all I see is potential. I don't ever see a ceiling on that dude. So I'm like, nah, like what's like, what else though? Like, can you can you evolve to another level? Because if I can get that and then get that versus Roman or whatever, now we talking crazy shit. Which yeah, is crazy think, to go ahead. I think it's just like to your point. It's like Seth Rollins. The heist of the century will probably be the coolest thing Seth Rollins ever does. But in terms of like, there's never been a sustained a sustained period where there was like, oh yeah, nobody's fucking with Seth Rollins right now, bro. Like Roman Reigns has hit that. Whereas like the, he, this is like nobody's fucking with Roman right now. And there's never been a really sustained period. There's been runs where he's like building and it's like he's super fucking hot right now. But there's never been a time where Seth is the champion and it's just Seth, not all the accoutrement of the authority, just Seth. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, nobody fucking with him, bro. Like, yeah. like he's 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 fathering niggas. They got close, and I'll say this, and I will die on this hill. They got close with my boy Buddy Matthews and AOP. We were, we were, <laughs> we were this close to greatness. <laughs> But it fell apart because the boys can stay healthy. But yeah, there's never been a time where it's like, oh yeah, like Seth could no one's touching Seth. There's there's no one who I want to see beat Seth right now. Like there's nothing that could touch that man. Which is it's really crazy to say that because I, we can think back to so many periods where like Seth was the the thing, like one of the most exciting things to watch on. Like bro, I remember it was like that 2017 2018 period. Every week, every Monday, come into the group chat. CC would be like, "Yo, Seth is on a fucking fire." Monday <laughs> Night Rollins. He was doing all of them suicide dives. Yeah. He was he was doing the this, and he still does a superplex Falcon Arrow. But he, he like Seth, Seth with two good knees. That was nigga superplexing was, in Falcon Arrow. Week. Boy, boy, the best wrestler like, I've ever seen. The best wrestler bro, I've ever like, seen. It's not close. It, uh, and it and so that with the in ring, the character work over the last few years has been amazing, and the in ring is still been sustained but like it's really crazy to say someone who is he's what like 11 years in now Uh, 11 years wwe wise he was doing you know indie shit before that but like he still hasn't peaked yet which is scary like scary in in a very good way um and you can tell it's something that affects him he talks about in in his interviews like i've never been the guy like i want to be on the marquee and it's you know and i think if you think about every one of those peaks like you know the 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 time where cc would text us every week he was just the intercontinental champion like he he wasn't even a world champ he was the intercontinental champion making that division feel like it was the best shit ever because brock and roman were still around um you think about one you know the the fiend shit that that slowed him up when he he was still babyface like there's been so many moments where you could almost put it on the WWE for, for kind of folding um, in, in a way. Um, but Seth has been so good about like kind of regrouping and coming back and, you know, still being that guy. But, you know, I'm, I am really interested in a period where he's the top guy. Like I'm, I'm, I'm very fascinated in what that would look like. Um, Cause I, I think if, if there's anyone who would put him there, it's true. And obviously Vince booked Seth super strong too, but I think, I think triple H really wants to like do something crazy with him down the line, but Roman's still here. <laughs> like hey. it, it, it all starts and ends with Roman. I'll tell you this. When, when Seth shows up on Monday night raw with that blonde streak back in his hair, that's when you'll know he's serious. That's what, that's when you know, all right, he ain't playing with niggas no more. He's back. Like when, when do he come back demon home with the, with the blonde streak back? It's like, Oh yeah. Real rap is back. That that's when you need to be scared because he he tempted it with the little blonde understreaks. He yeah, tied it to the back, but when he fully commits to like, yeah, I'm back to like 
I'm I will stab my brothers in the back for this title. That's when you know, like the, the hunger's back. Hey man, I'm 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 looking forward to seeing it, but you know, I had to I had to get that off my chest. And you know, hey, Seth, Seth Rollins guys, if you I got a problem with me, well, we could talk. But 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 you know, again, it comes from a place of love. Let's jump into this free right though. There's been a lot of uh narratives about a few different things. So I want to bring this to I'll bring this to you, Chan. Someone tweeted that Solo Sokoa is being overexposed. Do you feel that Solo Sokoa being so dominant is a bad thing? I think it is a bad thing in just in the terms in the likes of like he will probably have to fall off after this kind of hard. Like I don't think there's a scenario where the bloodline falls apart and Solo Sokoa still like looks good. Like I think the Usos will probably be all right because they're the Usos. Roman would be fine, but I think once Solo's on his own, like. I think we all, RIP, you know, I'm not even trying to speak, you know, ill of dead, but there, we all remember times during Umaga's runs where it was kind of like, eh, this is kind of stale. And I fear Solo could get into that lane with like, not even just because of Samoan Spike, but just whenever there's that bruiser who doesn't really speak great, and then like you're detached from like kind of the main storyline, it can kind of get very Bronson breed. Um, and so I just, I don't think he's being overexposed. I think he looks strong and I think he will be fine in terms of how he wrestles i think just looking like the usos and roman you're he'll never fall that far off but i do fear that like he is not being built as an individual he's being built as part of the bloodline and i fear that once the bloodline storyline falls his individual character won't have that much to fall on and so i think with the exposure it just needs to come with a bit more character and a bit a bit more like about him. Like we don't really don't know anything about Solo. Like I don't he doesn't ever talk about himself or like what he wants to do or like why he's here. It's always about the Roman and the bloodline and I'll protect you. And so it's like it's not that he's being overexposed. It's just that like he needs to keep developing and they need to expose that part of him instead of just his ring work, which is great. Like he's a good wrestler. There's nothing bad about what he does in the ring. It's just can use a bit more dressing. I feel that. Yeah. yeah. I oh, go ahead, Cece. No, I was going to say I agree with that. Yeah. And and I agree even with the falling off thing. You know, off the top of my head, the the, the quick solution I would put for, for him with that is, like, get him a, a manager, a manager that we haven't seen though already, like, not one that's been used already. But, but yeah, no, I see that. I can, I can see that for the future, for sure. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I, I was definitely on the train of, like, Damn, this nigga just not gonna lose, huh? <laughs> Another undefeated streak. Here we go. And then he loses to Cody, and I'm like, dope. I know that's because you don't want to have Cody lose right before he beats Roman. But what are they gonna do with Solo as a result of this? And then he went right back to cooking niggas. He's cooked what Sammy, KO, Riddle, and and, and you know all the matches he's had. Rey Mysterio. Um, it's gotta go somewhere. Um, and get, there are people fantasy booking like. Solo might be the one to leave the family and then cook Roman. Someone booked him to win money in the bank. I'm like, that's something I might actually be interested in. I feel like people would get really fatigued of the bloodline shit. Cause that if, if Solo has money in the bank and Roman lose the title to Cody at SummerSlam and then Solo wins to like cashes in on him at some point, that's essentially the bloodline story is continuing in, you know, another fashion. Yeah, like then it's, that. It's the, it's the whole dynamic between Roman and Solo. Like, I, it, the way they would figure, I don't know how they would figure that out. I kind of want to see it, but it has it has to be done right, J- just as everything has to be done right. But he doesn't wear shoes, though. I don't know if you could have the money in the bank briefcase and not wear shoes. <laughs> I don't know if that makes uh, sense. Like, why do you have a briefcase and no shoes? Like, I they, don't know if that looks right. They could always, like, find a situation where that he strong arms whoever the holder is into a match for the case and then he wins it that way um but yeah like it, it has to go somewhere and of course i'm willing to lipo it but i'm just like you know similar to you like yeah we've we've heard him say like eight words total in in, 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 in his and he, he's been around since what november clash was even on nxt it was like all right you're from the streets but like what is there anything yeah. else like is there any other motivation here like you know he's been an enforcer i definitely liked when he added the samoan spike his matches are kind of going the same like he's really like he's really like a baby roman like because the usos are always going to help him he, he's going to find a way to win 
Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, he's taking bumps for Roman. Like, if this was 2004, yeah. Roman would be in the match doing this stuff. But because Roman doesn't wrestle that much, they got to have a stand-in. And he's he's basically – that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not bad. It's a good look. It's just, like, being Roman's body double can only take you so far. You know, at a certain point, you have to be your own person. And even if he was just, like, talking about, like, why I love Roman and why, like, this is so important to me, that would even add more color to, like – Okay, how do you feel being the new guy here? Like, does that do you have any opinion on that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Cece, for you, um, Rhea Ripley and Zelina Vega were booked for the SmackDown Women's Championship match at Backlash. Do you feel like this match needed a better build? I mean, what the fuck were you gonna do after that? Like, you needed all the time that you had for Charlotte and Rhea. You needed all that time. And then you needed like decompression time afterward. Um, and then if you look where Zelina was at the time that Rhea won the championship, it's like, it's not like she was having singles matches out here every week or even tag team matches or anything like that. And she was like in the mix amongst all the people who want to be champion. That wasn't the case. Um, I think they did as good as of a, of a job that you can to get this to happen. It was like, okay, Rhea's champ now she's going to have to defend that championship against people. We have certain people who we want to look strong. We have certain people that are clear mirror carters that like should not be, you know, having something, you know, going, they shouldn't have any kind of program with her really or whatever. Like there's no point in doing like a squash match on a, on SmackDown or something like that. So when you look at it, it's like, okay, who else do we have? And then Zelina's name come up and you're like, Oh, okay. That's interesting. We could do that. What would make the most sense as far as doing that? And then they did that, which is to have the LWO and uh, Judgment Day go at it. And it just so happens that Zelina's in LWO and Rhea's in Judgment Day. So now they have like a reason, you know. So to me, I'll look at it. I'm like, I mean, like, what else were you going to do? Like, you're going to like right after WrestleMania have Zelina just come out and be like, I want that championship. And it's like, well, why? (laughs) You know, like it doesn't. Yeah. So I think they did as good as a job they can do, to be honest. I also you have to know. There was somebody in a boardroom is like, where's the event at? Exactly. And who's on the <laughs> roster? I mean, I think that's the other thing that people some, don't realize. Someone, someone like, saw that. Like, you can't. Yeah. I can't imagine that wasn't a factor. And someone's like, oh, we're having this massive pay per view in Latin America. Yeah. Who do we want to push in the event? Take a guess. Triple H has said 600,000 times that they want to make WWE a lot more global. You know what that means? A lot of the people who are from different places are going to get opportunities now. <laughs> like, But Bad it has to like, make sense. Yeah, it has to make sense. Like, And, and it may, and honestly, they did a great job with it because if Ray and Dom hadn't had such static, you don't get Judgment Day versus LWO. So like, they did exactly what they should have done. You can't do it better than that, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, and I think we were all predicting the match was going to happen too. So there's some instances where it's just like, just book it. Like, like you, you, you can come up with a story. You can give us a build. I do love a good build. Sometimes they kind of fumble on the builds. Just book the match. Like, book the match. People want to see it. The, the, there's history there. Like, just, just book the match. So yeah, I'm, I'm not really too pressed for a better build in the situation either, especially because I saw it coming. It's a good way, like you said, to have an auxiliary feud auxiliary auxiliary whatever feud within the judgment day lwo shit um and it features zelina we haven't seen zelina in a match that's what i'm saying niggas is i don't know the last time she wrestled more zelina vega? what are <laughs> yeah. we doing yo complaining about seeing more zelina vega i don't care what you like that's that's that is crazy to me yeah that's crazy to me yeah i don't need a we... build she is the build <laughs> what are you talking about she is the fucking build um, this Seth Rollins Omos match that's another random, <laughs> yeah. We're here, we're here, <laughs> but I'm I'm very interested in how this match is going to go. I do believe Seth is going to end up winning, and it's a different, it's obviously different between you know Brock versus Omos because it's two titans, like they're yeah. overpowering one another. We've only seen Seth and Omos in the ring together like once, um, in Money in the Bank last year. And so we haven't really seen them, like, wrestle. We've seen Seth slay giants before, Braun Strowman, you know, Brock Lesnar. Um, I think that's it in terms of the big people he's beaten. Maybe he beat Big he's Show at some point. Big show. I mean, there's been a Raw at some point. There's been a lot of Big Show. So. <laughs> every day. So, like, come on. 
the big show is good to hand over a uh, enhancement L, but yeah, but I think Omos is obviously the most, the largest <laughs> that's yeah, that's that's face. so this match for is, is an attraction. Omos is an attraction. People like to see Omos in the ring. I think for Seth, it's good. I'm interested to see what they do story-wise on raw um, this week, obviously by the time I hear this raw will have been over. But, um, yeah, I'm really interested in how this match is going to go just in terms of, like, the actual structure and production of the match. I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be very cool. Like, seeing Seth hit a stomp on on Omos is going to be pretty fucking crazy. I don't think he's going to hit the buckle bomb or the superplex or the fucking arrow. So his offense, crazy. It, it would be nuts <laughs> if he did. So his, his offense is going to have to change quite a bunch. But I don't know. Something in me feels like there's going to be some twist some some wrinkle. Can you like, pedigree someone that big? You think he can go for it? Can uh, Omos shit. bend over that low? I don't know, man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I like just physically, like you're so right. Like just the physics of this match. Like, what offense can Seth do? Also, like, I'm kind of with you. I think though that this match is I for some reason feel like this match is going to spin off into something. Like, not necessarily like which I did see on Twitter, someone's like, "Is Seth gonna join the her business?" I was like, "That's fucking hilarious." Like, that, <laughs> that if that's what happens after this match, it's all worth it. <laughs> like, but yeah, I just for some reason feel like this is going to spin into something. I feel like I don't know if it's Seth does something to MVP and that does something, or somehow someone interrupts the match but i don't know why but this it feels like the match is made so random that they must have an idea of what they want out of it like i can't believe they just like pulled names out of a hat or <laughs> like said rollins and omas i probably had some end goal they were like i want to get to this and so i'm interested to see like what they want to do from it even if it's just to like make seth look super strong before he challenges cody again or something i just feel like there'll be something that comes out of this for sure or maybe it's omas challenging Rome. That would be hilarious too. If he beats Seth and becomes the number one contender, that would be so funny. I saw someone say that on, on Twitter that Roman should face Omos, and I'm like, you know what, man? I Why didn't not? want to see. I didn't want to see the Brock Omos match. I actually enjoyed that. The Braun Omos match was cool. Roman facing someone that he hasn't faced someone that large since Braun. The Usos like, trying to like, like can solo Samoan psych seven feet in the air? Like, can he even do it? Like, just the interference would even be comical. Like, I just think it would be an interesting match. Like, even him saying that in a promo, like, I don't care how many of your little cousins are around. I'm bigger than all of them. I'm the big bully now. I'm the big dog. Like, that's that's such a beautiful promo right there, MVP. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um Omas Omas is definitely um He's definitely uh, changed my my perspective on him. Now, now, now I'm saying Bobby Lashley is the lesser Omos. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the most important thing that's coming out of this is like when you when you have Omos go against Brock Lesnar and then Seth Rollins, you have to look at what the what they're trying to do with Omos. They want him to be a good wrestler. You mm, know, yeah. they want him to be somebody that they can use over time. They're putting him with people where he has to perform at a certain level. And when I first saw Almas or whatever, I'm like, okay, this could be, you know, like the WWE's been doing for a while now, where they get a big guy and he doesn't really last that long. He doesn't really, you know, you know, because at that point, um, I believe like Braun was already out. So I'm like, oh, okay, you know, maybe they're just running out of stuff. And I'm like, okay, maybe it'll be that. But then like you see where they're going with it. You see MVP be like, nah, we're gonna like, you know, you know, we're gonna go with him, or whatever. And then I see this match, and at first I'm like, that's really random. But then I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, but if Omos has a match with Seth Rollins, he's going to be a better wrestler after. Regardless of what happens with you know with Seth Rollins or Omos, he's going to be a better wrestler. And that's what I would like to see for Omos. I just want to see him be a, a better wrestler over time. So I think this is a good thing for everyone involved. I also yeah. just love how Omos only wrestles like Hall of Famers. Like he's only his only like he's only been in like these like main of not main event matches, but he's only wrestled like main event guys. Like or like it's just kind of funny like to think like twenty years from now someone will be doing like rewriters trivia and it'd be like who are Omos's first five opponents like Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins. Like it'll just be like this <laughs> crazy list of people. I think his like, first Omos, his first bro. match he teamed with AJ Styles. At WrestleMania, yeah, like that—that was his first match, and he won won the titles (laughs) and won the titles. They beat the New Day. 
AJ Styles, Seth Rollins. I work with MVP Bobby Lashley. Like he's just like only with the upper echelon, never like slumming it like some of my fellow big men have had to do. Like he's only yeah. he's only an A list guy. It's just good, well, good for uh, him. We'll we'll ignore all his uh, squash matches with, with with Ali. You know those those the, the those serve a bigger purpose. <laughs> Try to be more positive, man. Just like Ali. let's jump into this rewrite. So with backlash in mind, we are taking it back to the year of 2000 backlash 2000 emanated from the mci center in washington dc on april 30th 2000 with attendance of 19,101 people a buy rate of 650,000 people let's look at this match card so we had edge and christian defend their wwf tag team championships against degeneration x we got Dean malenko defending the wwf light heavyweight championship against scotty Tuhati. we got the big boss man and bull buchanan Taking on the APA, we got Crash Holly defending the WWF Hardcore Championship against Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, Hardcore Holly, Perry Saturn, and Taz. We got Big Show taking on Kurt Angle. We got TNA, which stood for Testin Albert, uh, taking on the Dudley Boys, Bubba Ray Dudley and Devon Dudley. We got Eddie Guerrero defending the European Championship against Essa Rios. And we got Chris Benoit defending the WWF Intercontinental Championship against Chris Jericho. And then lastly, we got The Rock taking on the WWF champion Triple H for the WWF title with Shane McMahon as special guest referee. Um, I checked out some lists, and this was uh, listed as one of the best backlashes of all time. Um, looking at that card, I can definitely see why they would feel that way in 2000. You know, you had all, all of the heavy hitters there um, and a lot of titles represented. Um, so, yeah, we're going to we're going to rewrite some of these matches. So uh, wh- whoever whoever wants to start, please, by all means. I can start. Um, so I I know what you guys are thinking. I know a lot of you are listening, just thinking I'm going to rewrite the test match, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not a shill. So I chose one of my beloved darlings, Hardcore Holly, and I chose to rewrite the Hardcore match. So um, most of you probably know the Hardcore title. It's a title on WWF, defended under 24-7 rules. Um, coincidentally, right before this match uh, in 2000, this, this is in April, as Backlash was, in 2000, um, in February, uh, is when they made that rule. So Crash Holly is the first person to make cut the promo being like, I'll defend this title any place, anytime, anywhere. And that's when the 24-7 rule about the title became a thing under Nick Foley. So going into this match, that is a big part of the match. If you watch this match, it's pretty freaking cool. Um, there's like... This is back when WWF still did like the nice stage design. So Backlash has these kind of like half size when people are walking in and they kind of swing. And during the match, they're just like Jeff Hardy at one point, like just a hurricanrana off one. They like throw hardcore Holly on one and just break one. <laughs> it's like pretty sick. There's like a bunch of ladder spots because both Jeff and Matt are in it. So this is kind of like they have not split, but this is like building the tension between them when they're still kind of beefing a little bit. Um, but in the match. Uh, eventually both Hardys take out Perry Saturn and Hardcore Holly and Crash Holly pins Taz, who has been knocked out by a Swanton Bomb by Jeff Hardy off the top of a ladder. One, two, three, Crash Holly wins. Um, in this rewrite, the lights go out and you hear the music. Tess, Tess, Tess. That's right. I rewrote Tess into the into the hardcore title match. The man who ended up losing the title to um, to Crash Holly to begin with, Tess comes out, big boo to Crash Holly. One, two, three. Tess is our hardcore champion once again. At Judgment Day 2000, the next pay-per-view, we have Tess versus Crash Holly in a backstage brawl. Leading up to this feud, Crash Holly has been trying to get counsel from his older cousin, Hardcore Holly, about how to beat Tess, how to handle someone so much bigger you know Tess is just different now he's got albert with him like uh, armand said tna he's also got trish stratus with him you know just really powering him on coincidentally trish stratus is also with val venus this is a very sexual faction we're talking about right now a lot of sexual energy so crashes have been intimidated um so they have the backstage brawl crash is about to hit Tess with a ring bell but Tess ducks uh, trish is in the way so crash randomly stops turn around Boot with the bell. One, two, three. Tess is still champion. Um, next, we have King of the Ring 2000. 
hardcore is talking crash. He's like, you're not tough enough. You need to get tougher. I'm going to show you how to win the match. Um, so he gets involved in the hardcore title feud. And now we have a triple threat at King of the Ring. This is a hardcore Havoc match, um, which is something I just made up. Um, it's basically like that NXT steel cage match where all the weapons were like attached to the cage. It's like that type of match. The premise being that um, Hardcore has been accusing Test of letting all these other people, Albert, Trish, interfere. And he's like, you need to face us man to man. So they face each other. Hardcore ends up turning on Crash at the very end of the match and knocking him out, which opens a door for Test to roll up Hardcore 1, 2, 3. Test is still champion. Now, as most of you will know at this time, this is peak uh, McMahon-Helmsley regime. This is like Triple H, Steph, Shane, Vince, all keyed up, looking fly, trying to get the title. And the premise of the faction was to make sure that Triple H held the world uh, heavyweight championship as long as possible, WWF title. Also, as you hear in the name, it's the McMahon-Helmsley regime. They're both supposed to leave. So in my rewrite, Shane starts getting that itch. He's like, okay, we're doing all this stuff to help out Hunter, and that's cool. Shout out to Hunter. But what about me? When's it going to be my time to be champion? You know, when am I going to, like, get a title? Okay, we helped Hunter, but I want a title. So he's like, you know what title I could get? I can get the hardcore title. Anywhere, I'm a tough guy. I'm a, I can get that. And so that night, Shane Blackman, the most dangerous man in WWF, has a one-on-one -on -one match against Tess for the hardcore championship. Shane goes to um, – well, Shane goes to Shane. I mean, Shane goes to Steve Blackman, not Shane Blackman. Shane goes to Steve Blackman. And it's like, hey, man, I'll pay you $500,000 if you knock out Tess and then let me come to the ring and pin him and get the title. I can do that for you. My dad runs a company. I get that for you, bro. And Steve's like, I have honor, bro. I'm like a, a judo master, dude. I'm not going to, like, take your money. And he just walks off. Shane's like, okay, cool, bet. No problem. That's fine. Respect. During the match, Steve is lining up Tess for the kill shot. Oh, someone from the crowd's coming in in a hoodie. You can't see his head. It's obscured by a big, undescript black hat. What? He's got a fire hydrant. Knocks out Steve Blackman. My God, that's Shane McMahon. He stole back into the arena. He knocked out Steve Blackman. Test one, two, three. Which brings us to SummerSlam 2000. Um, We skipped over Fully Loaded 2000. That's like another one of those like pay-per-views with a crazy name. I just I couldn't think of anything. So we get to SummerSlam 2000. And a lot of you may not know that this, but a lot of you probably seen the picture of Shane McMahon getting thrown off the Titan Tron. That is from SummerSlam 2000. That is Steve Blackman throwing him off. That's why I did this match, because that's like one of the coolest wrestling photos I've ever seen. So in SummerSlam, I insert Tess into that match as a champion. The match goes as it goes in real life, where they knock, well, in this case, they just incapacitate Tess by putting a announce table on him. Then they climb to the top of the Titan Tron, Steve knocks off Shane, elbow, one, two, three. Steve Blackman is champion. We are back in the proper timeline. Um, so that is my rewrite. I gave Tess a little, you know, title run, gave him some shine. But I also really wanted to include that Steve. I just wanted to get to that Steve Blackman back. Because if you haven't seen it, Google Steve Blackman, Shane McMahon, Ty and Tron. It's one of the coolest pictures you'll ever see. And it's really just a testament to, like, what the mid-card can do. Because Shane was really out there sacrificing his body for the mid-card. And I always respect him for that. He did get a little big-headed when he's tried to get into, like, like main events, I was like, all right, Shane, like the last match, you sure? But I, I, I respected Shane when he did that tight draw spot. So that's my regret. Galaxy brain as always. Dude, I listen, I, listen, first of all, when you were like, listen, I'm not going to go with the, the test match or whatever. And you did the first thing you did was bring in test. It was wasn't great. a test match. It wasn't. It was a different true. match. Test is having me in it. <laughs> that was I'm, great. I love Tess, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I think I think my my you I you know yours at when I was first listening to it, I was like, yo, this is like kind of ridiculous. But as you you kept saying it, I'm like, nah, this definitely makes sense, especially for that fucking time because I'm watching 99 right now. <laughs> I wish you were booking because <laughs> damn, um, that's good. All right, dude. All the pay per views, like when I was going through them, same six guys. It's like the same, just Bro. like it's Big Show versus someone in a singles match. There's yep. a tag match with the rest of them. And then there's The Rock versus Triple H in some configuration, maybe considering The Undertaker Kane, maybe not. Like it's all the same, like five yep. people. Yep. And that's a good segue because my match is Triple H versus The Rock, <laughs> the WWF Championship. Now, here's the funny thing. Um, 
when I sat down to rewrite this in my head, I was just like, all right, listen, the last couple of rewrites I can remember that I did, I was being a bit logical. You know, I haven't gone super crazy like I, I can, you know, at certain times. So then I thought about it and I was like, all right, let me see if I can go crazy. Then I looked up the match and, you know, what happens. Um, woo, uh, tough to top that because it was already fucking crazy. <laughs> and then, so I was like, all right, okay, I still gotta, I still gotta pull out this, all the stops. I gotta make something happen. So we're gonna keep a lot of what already happened. So Vince betrays Rock at WrestleMania. Um, and then you know we get to, we're all the way at Backlash. The night happens. We include Channing's match, and now we're at the the main event or whatever, right? So everything goes as it goes up until this point where I'm about to start. So. Vince hits Rock with the belt at one point, and then Triple H goes for the cover, and then Rock kicks out during a near fall. Um, so right after this kick out or whatever, you're like, okay, you know, if you've watched, you know, the the WWE, um, you know, during those years, a lot of times once somebody, you know, got hit with the belt or whatever, and even if they kicked out, what usually what happened is they would usually keep hitting them with a the chair, or like keep hitting them with the belt, like maybe one more time, and then they like really win. And Vince's psychology back then was just like, oh, like the heel cheated, but like the baby face kicked out. Maybe they have a chance. And then the heel like eventually wins. So then you're just like, oh, no, I really hate them. Like they never, you know. So we're going to we're going to, you know, pretend that that was the psychology going uh, into this. Boom. Swerve. All you hear is glass breaks. OK, here comes Stone Cold music. Oh, my gosh. Vince McMahon is shocked. He runs out. Stunners Vince McMahon on the outside. Oh, my gosh. This is going crazy. And while this is happening, the ref is distracted. Triple H is even distracted. So Chain tries to, to capitalize that on that. And he, like, pulls the rock out of the ring and he's getting beat up. Meanwhile, Triple H is still in the ring with the ref. And Stephanie's, you know, giving that face that, you know, that, you know, she's really angry. And it's just like, oh, you know, that pissed off face. And she's pointing her finger at Stone Cold. And Stone Cold, like, walks away for a second, then turns around. Stoner Stephanie right on the outside. Oh, my gosh. I cannot believe that just happened. Shane sees this. He's like, what? He tries to run up. Tries to swing at Stone Cold. Stone Cold ducks. Turn around. Boom. Stunner on the outside. Oh, my gosh. This is another person just got stunned. I cannot believe this. Oh, my gosh. And then all the while, Vince is, you know, he, he was trying to make sure that this match went, you know, their way. It's the McMahon Helmsley uh, regime. So he's got all, he's pulled out all the stops. It's not just Shane and, uh, and Stephanie out there. Briscoe and Patterson are out there too. But guess what? Motherfucking stunner. You goddamn right. Oh my gosh. So Triple H is seeing all of this. The ref was trying to stop him from going outside at one point. But now the ref is just like, oh my gosh, crazy stuff is going on. Uh, Triple, H, Triple H just kind of slipped away. He's out of the camera view. You're like, you're, you kind of forget he's there for a second. But at, right after uh, Stone Cold Stunner's uh, Briscoe and Patterson, he gets up or whatever and then here comes triple h with a chair misses stone cold turns around kick stunner <laughs> triple h or whatever then the rock is like getting back up and it looks like he has the upper hand because stone cold came through and body everybody or whatever like triple h is down at this point too and uh linda comes out with earl hebner so during the storyline of this match earl hebner and triple h had smoke or whatever i think uh vince ended up actually like firing him at one point or whatever so Linda comes out with Earl and it looks like, you know, like everything's going to be set right or whatever. Linda comes out with Earl or whatever. The Rock's like starting to, you know, not be groggy anymore. Like get up. Stone Cold just laid everybody out or whatever. Um, and at this point, Austin, you know, he got his beer. The crowd's going crazy or whatever. He has a beer. He's walking back up the ramp or whatever. So he's about to pass uh, Linda and Earl or whatever. He nods his head to Linda. Then he cheers uh, the beer to, to Hebner because, you know, they got their thing or whatever, their relationship. Then he like walks four or five steps, stops, misstep, midsip tosses the can, turns around or whatever, and then stunners Earl Hebner right on the outside before he can get in the ring. Linda's already in the ring at this point. She's talking to, uh, trying to reassure Rock that the new ref will, you know, make everything good or whatever, but they kind of hear the stunner and, like, look outside or whatever, and they're like, what the hell? Like, he just stunner Earl. What's going on? So, like, Austin, like, asks for another beer. He climbs in the rear that uh, in the ring. They throw him another beer. Then he tries to, like, cheers the Rock or whatever, but the Rock is like, dude, you just, like, took out the the referee that was going to help me or whatever you're not like you're helping me but you're not actually really helping me or whatever um so then austin is just like all right i'll know what fixes and he yells for another beer and he's like okay you need a beer to like cheers with me and rock is like i'm in the middle of a match like what's going on right now like what are you doing or whatever so he tries to cheers him or whatever but um the rock is like pissed because he just stunned the ref that's going to help him win or whatever so 
Austin like offers him the beer. The Rock slaps it out of his hand or whatever. And then Austin just does that thing where he just looks at it or whatever. And then he's like, all right, I guess that wasn't for me or whatever. So he drinks or whatever. He's a, he drinks his beer. He starts to walk away or whatever. And uh, Linda and Rock, they start to have a conversation, try to figure out what's going on. Oh, guess what? Stone Gold turns around, stunners the Rock. Oh, my gosh. Now he's stunned at this point, probably like six or seven people. I lost count. Can't even count it or whatever. He's going crazy. Linda's like, what the hell are you doing? So Stone Cold is just like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't even know what to, what to tell you or whatever. But then, you know, Stone Cold gets another beer and he's just like, you know, Linda, come drink this with me or whatever. And she's just so confused. And like, at this point, she's like, I guess, sure, you know, let's do it. So, you know, they cheers or whatever. And right as she goes to sit, boom, motherfucking stunner to Linda McMahon or whatever. So then Austin grabs two more beers and he just walks out. At this point, Vince, Steph, and Shane and Briscoe and Patterson, they're all like kind of like getting back up and they're trying to like get Triple B Triple H back up. Rock is kind of like laid out um in the ring, kind of like recovering a little bit. So Shane puts the chair like near the rock for Triple H to pedigree him on the chair or whatever. And their plan is pedigree him on the chair. Vincent and Stephanie are gonna go get the ref back up. By the time he's pedigreed him or whatever, he'll have kicked the chair out or whatever, pin him one, two, three, or whatever, right? So Triple H goes to pedigree the rock. Rock does the, you know, flip him over his shoulders or whatever, uh, uh, counter or whatever. Triple H, like, tries to go and attack him. Rock kind of reverses or whatever, gets him to a clothesline on the ropes. Spine buster right on the chair. People's elbow right on the chair or whatever. And then at this point, uh, Triple H's body is, like, kind of covering the chair. So from the ref standpoint, he can see his shoulders, but he can't see the chair under his body. Counts one, two, three. The Rock wins. And <laughs> that's my rewrite. <laughs> I rewrite. I was just like, "Hey, Stone Cold's in here for a second. What if he just stunnered literally everybody? Because there's always that running joke about how he stunners literally everybody. So I was like, "What if you have him stunner legit like ten people all in the same match, and then just leave?" Incredible. <laughs> That's exactly how it would go too. He'd always just like do a little bit too much and get mad and then ruin it and then just stunner everybody. It's always how it went. Somebody just didn't want to drink the beer, didn't want to. Do something, he just get pissed and then exactly. Turn. Yep. <laughs> it's beautiful. There it is. Um, so for my rewrite, I'm rewriting the big show Kurt Angle match. Now, this is probably one of the most uninspiring <laughs> matches. <laughs> it the match lasts two minutes and 35 seconds. And the whole the whole thing here is Big Show had turned face after WrestleMania. And was taking on a comical gimmick where he was impersonating other wrestlers. So when he impersonated Rakishi, he was Shokishi. When he impersonated uh, Shonan the Barbarian, he was the Berserker. When he was Val Venus, he was Big Showboski. So in his match with Kurt Angle at Backlash, he was the Showster, which was him impersonating Hulk Hogan. He beats Kurt Angle very quickly, choke slams and wins the match. Now, in my rewrite... This is a very purposeful impersonation. Two months prior to Backlash 2000 was when Hulk Hogan had his infamous uh, quarrel with uh, Russo, with Vince Russo, and um, unceremoniously left WCW. And so with WWE being who they are, Vince being the guy he is, and of course Hogan having previously been in WWF, they're going to jump on that. Like, like nah, like we're, we're about to bring you to the E like two years sooner than you actually return. So... Big Show is the showster. He's about to beat Kurt Angle. And then Hulk Hogan's music hits. Oh, my God. Hulk Hogan is in the WWE. He's back. We just saw him two months ago. Toss the title. Oh, all this. What? What? It's crazy. He helps Kurt Angle defeat Big Show. Embarrassing the fuck out of Big Show. And in in the real storyline, Big Show goes on. Uh, Shane McMahon takes issue with Big Show essentially being a clown and acting like other wrestlers. So they have their infamous false kind of anywhere match where Shane wins and Big Show goes away for a while. And so Hulk Hogan comes out, helps Kurt Angle beat the Big Show, embarrasses the fuck out of him, like tears the clothes off him, all that. Shane McMahon comes out after the match. And that's when their their whole feud begins. And yeah, Hogan comes back early. Like Hogan gets to have matches against fucking Steve Austin and and a bunch of other people throughout that time period. So yeah, really, like my rewrite was just a way to get Hulk Hogan into the WWE earlier and to kind of um, 
groom the condition the fans to be ready for it by big show acting like hulk hogan the hulkster aka the showster um yeah that's pretty much it because there really isn't much you could do with that that two minute 35 minute match so let's just use it as a launch pad to get a fucking big star into the wwf that's actually i really like that for especially for big show because considering that he was already doing that comedic bit if he does it about like the hulk i mean or the hulk the, the hulkster at that point or whatever doing the showster or whatever um yeah that i think that it's weird because you know how like there are times in like a wrestler's career where like they did this one thing or whatever. And that like kind of lasts throughout for the rest of the time or whatever. Like when uh Cody and Seth had, you know, I think it was their first match or whatever. And Cody did the Stardust thing or whatever, you know, to kind of, you know, do a little reference. That could be a thing that could have been the thing for Big Show to like always kind of like, you know, have in his back pocket to like kind of reference. That would have been funny to have that put that, i'm just like i'm i'm sorry in my head right now i'm just picturing all the different things that the big show could do to pretend to be Hulk Hogan, and this shit would be hilarious yeah absolutely absolutely so that's my rewrite real real simple real simple but um yeah so that's our takes on backlash 2000 listeners of course let us know how y'all feel about uh our, our rewrites let us know how you might rewrite a match that happened on that show what would you do with um you know a certain wrestler who we don't mention anymore what would you do with with the eddie guerrero match what would you do with uh the show at large and of course Make sure you tap into the A-Show Network, patreon.com backslash the A-Show RNC. Great to be back with y'all once again. Uh, For Armand, for CeCe, for Channing, we are the men with the pen. The Rewriters Room is closed.